From the rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona, this is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Hello, I'm Mark Schauer. In the United States military, all who serve give some but some give more than others and continue doing so long after they have taken off the uniform. Navy veteran John Bacon, weapons maintenance test team lead at Yuma Proving Ground, is one of those individuals. You know, John, I really appreciate you being here today. And it's hard to know where to start with you. You're so active in the community. So so how about, tell us about what you do here at YPG. Uh, Yeah, Mark, it's a pleasure being here. Uh, YPG, I'm the Weapons Maintenance Test Team Lead, uh, Lead Equipment Specialist for Ordnance, and pretty much it's uh, Weapons Maintenance Test Team. We, we do all the maintenance and, and preparation and configurations for the howitzers, the artillery, you know, self-propelled and towed, as well as uh, we also um, uh, are responsible for the small arms room and the repairs of small arms and issuing and securing uh, small arms. and. We also do the direct fire gun positions, so the hard stands, and we put the cannons and armament systems together in there and, and make sure they're ready ready to go f- test and fire. So we do a lot of different things. We have highly skilled, diverse specialists in, a, in, our, in our shop that we could be working on anything from a Paladin to a 119 to going out on the range and fixing something at any time. You know, we work on the antiquated howitzers as well as current prototype, foreign, you know, some things there's no manuals for or, or anything, and we have to do some fabrications or some modifications, you know, to meet, meet what the test requirements is. It, it provides a low-cost testing solution, you know, for, for testing here, and our customers love to come back here and, and get their, their testing done. You're a Navy veteran. Yes, yeah. And after you served in the Navy, you've, you've kept up uh, community involvement, things related to the Navy, like the thing that comes to my mind, you were commander of the Sea Cadets and helped get them off the ground locally too, didn't you? Yes, so I was one of the founding members of uh, the Naval Sea Cadet Corps in Yuma. And I started off as uh, you know the train officer, operations officer, and then uh, about three months in, I became the executive officer of the unit. And we had uh, a gentleman that was out of Phoenix that was helping start. He was um, part of the Sea Cadets and he was our commander at that time. And then uh, we had the change of command where I took over as the commanding officer of the Yuma um, units. We had two units. We had the Seagull Squadron and the train ship Sandberg, you know, two different age groups. So I did that for, um, from 2015 to, to what, 2021. I was uh, heavily involved and we went away and did all kinds of trainings. We did uh, boot camps because they actually go to two week boot camps. And so I started off doing uh, drill instructor at those. And then I went to, uh, as an executive officer at some uh, boot camps and then uh, Petty Officer Leadership Academy I was the executive officer for as, as well as other multiple trainings. I put together a national training here in Yuma, brought cadets from all over the United States to for scuba diving in Yuma, believe it or not. You know, uh, we had cadets from Florida, Boston, Washington, all over the United States come down to Yuma and uh, MCAS let us use the barracks and training spaces, AWC let us use a classroom. Um, the Yuma, the Yuma Scuba Shack 
was the instructor and, and had all the materials. We spent a couple of days on North Island and we went and, and they did their final dive quals in Mission Bay and got certified, PADI certified. So all those cadets did that. We did that for a couple of years before I ended up retiring as, as the commander. And that was a lot of personal time you had to devote to that. Well, every um, Christmas time and every summer. So every winter and, and summer is when they do their their advanced trainings, it's called, and they're two weeks. And so every every winter, every summer, I'd take my two weeks of leave and I'd go be, a, like I said, I was a drill instructor. I was executive officer for programs. I did the scuba diving. So that, yes, I would take my personal leave and I would go and, and um, do those trainings with the cadets for those, those years. I mean, that's an amazing experience for these cadets who were between 11 and 18. Yeah, 10, 10 to 18, yes. Um, and it is. I've got great stories of, of local uh, children in the community, the youth, and, and things that they've done. And I've, we've got cadets that use that scuba diving, and that now they're deep-sea diver, underwater uh, divers, making decent money. I've got a lot of cadets that have went in the military, the Marine Corps, Army, Navy. My son is currently in boot camp right now. He's in his, uh, going on to his seventh week. He's got a little bit, uh, about four and a half weeks left. Wow, that's amazing, John. Yes. Man, now you were a Patriot Guard rider for some years, and these days you're, you're with the Combat Vets Motorcycle Association. Yes. And I see you at, at local ceremonies in, in that capacity. What do you do? Well, yeah, you're right. I was with the Patriot Guard riders from 2008 till um, we took off with the Sea Cadets until about 2015, 2016. as a ride uh, road captain with, with them. And now I'm a member of the Combat Vets Motorcycle Association. And it's basically a, a group of combat veterans that we all have the same interest in, in motorcycles and riding. But our biggest thing is supporting veterans. So it's like our motto, Vets Helping Vets. So we do a lot of uh, fundraising and riding to, to help veterans, whether it's with finding a place to eat or, or, or homeless needing food or someone needing to get medical attention or treatment or a veteran not knowing where to go, you know, we, we can get the resources and help, you know, them go down the road. John, thanks so much for visiting with us today. Oh, it's great seeing you again, Mark, and I appreciate the time uh, to come see you and talk for a little bit. Welcome back to Outpost Outspoken, I'm Anna Henderson. The U.S. Army has a holistic approach to wellness. It incorporates mental, emotional, and the physical well-being of an individual. Michelle Dominguez manages the wellness program at Yuma Proving Ground on top of her duties as a program analyst. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Tell me about the wellness program at YPG. Well, I've only been doing it for a couple of years now. I took it over in 2018 and have been working with the command staff in invigorating it. Tell me some of the things that you do. I know that you have a lot of education, outreach, and then you have some fun competitions. Yeah, our fun competitions are what really gets people moving, like the step challenge. That Everybody seems to love the step challenge. Um, I do try to get them to think about what they're putting in their mouth. So we did a eating for your blood type and a veggie and fruit um, challenge. Um, I also try to get them moving. Other than the step challenge, you know, because of the heat and everything, we did an epic fives for five minutes. They can do a epic 
exercise. And we also did the hydration and REM sleep, which I got the most kickback from. A lot of people tell me, I don't sleep that much, Michelle. I was like, yeah, that's the whole reason why you need to sleep better. <laughs> and uh, we did a beat the yeast, which actually educated people on how much yeast they're taking in on a regular basis. As far as our fun stuff, you know, other activities, MWR does, um, we can collaborate with um, MWR and they're the ones that do the runs on a monthly basis. And we also collaborate with uh, Fort Irwin who gives us classes on Teams. Right, I've taken some of those Teams classes and it's convenient because they're not very long. You can do them on your lunch break and now you can use some of your employee fitness program time, which we'll talk about in a second. You make it convenient. Um, I remember one of your challenges was like working out at your desk type challenge. So I, I like that you really think outside of the box and just give a variety of opportunities for people that it's, it doesn't all have to mean hardcore gym workouts. <laughs> but speaking of going to the gym, there's the employee fitness program that's available to civilian employees. I am a member, my coworkers are members, we really enjoy it. Can you describe what that is for those who do not know? Okay, well, it started off, um, and I'm glad that they uh, reinvigorated it. They actually took away the six uh, one and done. So now we can do it for the rest of our career, which makes it even more exciting. I wish more people would participate because we have, a, a, I think we only have like 50 people in the program as of right now. I would really like to see that increase. Uh, kudos to those who are involved, and I, I still get people con keep asking me, hey, can I still you know join the program? And yes, yes. Just to give a brief explanation of what it is, employees can sign up at any time, there's no deadlines, and they get three hours a week to do a physical activity. Correct. Or uh, take a class. Perfect. The classes that you had mentioned that you give, they can use that time. Right. The MWR runs. Right. I did read over that SLP and one of my coworkers asked, oh, can we go golfing? I think that's on the no-no list. That's on the no-no list. <laughs> so is softball. <laughs> Softball's on the no-no list. But things such as, you know, working at the gym, walking, maybe playing basketball at the fitness center. And it's all things that that you could be that can be done here at YPG because we have the, the three little fitness centers. Correct. And, and don't forget the swimming pool. Uh, you got to enjoy the swimming pool. We do have uh, upcoming events in regards to that as well. So keep us in mind when you want to get moving you or eat better, you know keep us in mind. The position of a wellness manager is a collateral duty for you. Can you tell me just how you got involved and why you do it? How I got involved is I volunteered. The previous person was leaving and I asked my supervisor if I could take it over and she said yes. I personally have been involved in uh, wellness since, um, dare I say, 1988. I was, a health, uh, I was an aerobics instructor at Holiday Health Spa in California. I need pictures of that. <laughs> no. And then when I went into the military, um, somebody told my drill sergeant in AIT that I had taught aerobics. So I taught the aerobics uh, one class at my um, AIT. And then when I was stationed in Korea, I became an aerobics instructor and certified uh, with the Army as an aerobics instructor. After I got married, we went to Texas and I was going to college and I wanted some kind of part-time job to do and I worked for the hospital there as a aerobics instructor for senior aerobics. And then I did personal training, did personal training to individuals that would know, hey, I'm having issues with this and then I would personal train them. And one of the ladies uh, that I worked with was a classmate of mine and to this day, she has stayed well, stayed fit. I, I, that's why. That's what I encourage people to do. This is a lifetime thing. It's not a. It's temporary. And for you, it seems like it's been a lifestyle. It's been part of your life. Oh yeah. This 
Oh, since the, the 80s. <laughs> since the since 80s. 80s. <laughs> yeah, and that's why whenever um, new new diets or trends come around, I do read them up, read up about them, and I see is it sustainable? Not only for me, but for other people like in my life that I can, you know, can I see so-and-so doing this? And uh, I was like, can I see me doing this for the rest of my life? Right. Not just for, for a month, for two months, no. For the rest of my life, is this something sustainable? We are gonna have an upcoming challenge. It's gonna be called the Slim Challenge. So I'm working with the director of MWR um, to implement a slim menu to uh, support our challenge. And so she's currently working on that right now. So this is coming soon. I think overall it's gonna benefit people who are not even in the fitness program, but they just want that overall wellness. Yes, and we're looking, so we're adding, looking to add fruit and um, some other other things, you know, more greens, not necessarily maybe a green smoothie kind of thing, um, not just a fruit smoothies. So yeah, definitely look for it. Okay, so there'll be more than cookies as an option for those little snack foods, right? Oh yes, so, <laughs> yes. Alrighty, Michelle, if somebody wants to know more about the wellness program, wh where do they go to find out information? We actually do have a SharePoint page, but you can also get a hold of me. So I do have two other people that work with me, Melissa Rossi Schultz, who is here at YPG, and then I have Robin O'Halloran at CRTC. Very nice. Well, thank you all for the work that you do, and thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the Army's busiest test center.